Hello, BSCC. I want to say hi to everybody. Uh, everybody online, welcome. So glad you're worshiping with us. Everybody in the room, it's a joy to see you as you come in to be able to gather together to worship God, to just take some time to focus our thoughts and our hearts upon God as we were singing about His, His greatness, His goodness, His faithfulness. We're continuing in a summer series where we're looking at topics and questions, some really great uh, subjects that you submitted in a survey that we did earlier in the year, so we're calling the series You Ask For It. And one of the topics that was turned in, a very relevant, important topic that was turned in in the survey is how can we help our country right now as followers of Jesus Christ? What can we do? What should we be doing? Thank you to those of you who submitted that subject. I want to begin by just asking those of you on Facebook, if you type into the comments uh, what you're grateful for about America, just something that comes to mind, those of you in the room as well, as you think about our country, what, what do you appreciate about it? I mean, America is far from perfect, but there are many things for us to give thanks for as we gather and think about our country. I think about our, just the natural beauty, if you've had a chance to maybe be traveling a little bit, driving around and being reminded of just the beauty we have in our country from Niagara Falls to the Grand Canyon to Cape Cod, Cypress Garden, the Smoky Mountains. I mean, some of the most beautiful places in all of the world are right here in the United States. And we, we, we should be grateful for that. I'm very grateful for our personal freedoms, personal rights that we have that have been afforded to us by our Constitution, been provided for us, uh, the, the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, the freedom of assembly. So many freedoms I think we have a tendency to take for granted. I know at times I do. I want to share a very important verse for us right now as a church. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's very important for us followers of Jesus to give thanks to be thankful for the many good things that are part of our country. And yet I think probably all of us would say we'd be in agreement this is a difficult time. This is a difficult time in our world, a difficult time in our nation. You know, politically, we, we are, are polarized. Um, financially, economically, we're, we're, we're in turmoil and there's so much uncertainty. And then back on the 25th of May with the death of George Floyd, it just ignited this forest fire of hostility and, and hurt and demonstrations broke out across our country, people you know, demanding justice, some of those demonstrations turning quite violent and destructive. And then we, begin, we continue all the while to try to navigate our way through this pandemic as I look out and I, and I see my church family and all of you with, with masks on and it's just, you know, people are, are still getting sick, um, people are, are dying, people are very fearful. I mean, we, we are on edge emotionally. And I'm, I'm happy to tell you that in two weeks, we're going to be joined by Dr. Steve Pringle from Diakonos Counseling Ministry here in the area. And Steve's going to bring two very important messages on just choices that we make that lead to mental health. And I, I, I'm excited about the working of the Holy Spirit as we take two weeks for this emphasis just to, to learn from Scripture, 
principles and choices that we make to, that lead to good mental health, happy hearts, happy minds. And uh, so again, I, I think this is God's timing for us because we're, we're in such a time as a nation and as a world where there's division and there's, there's stress and great angst and anxiety. But I want to share with you in this message good news. This is a message of, of good news. And I say that because I believe that the challenges that our country is facing, they're, they're not fatal. And I'm very hopeful for our country. Now, I did not say optimistic. I said hopeful. I'd like to talk about the differences between those words. I think optimism sometimes kind of includes the denial of reality or sort of ignoring certain facts about the way things are, sort of pretending, kind of seeing life, trying to see life through rose-colored glasses. And when I say that I, I have great hope for America, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about the true word hope, which is a biblical concept that says even though times may be difficult and quite challenging, even though maybe some things are not going in what I would say would be a, the right direction, I believe in God. I believe in the greatness and the goodness of God. I believe that God has good plans and He has good purposes for us as we seek Him with all of our heart. And so I will have hope even in the midst of difficulty. We read in Romans 15, 13 about this blessed hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our hope is not to be in our circumstances or situations that we find ourselves in. Our, our hope is not in the upcoming elections. Our, our hope is not even that there might be a vaccine and cure for COVID-19, although certainly I, I have prayers going for each of those things. But our hope is founded in the love of God. Our hope is founded in the character and the nature of God. And because of that truth, we know that no matter what happens to us in the months to come, we know God made us. We know He loves us. We know He will be with us. We will not go, any, go through anything in the months to come where God will not be with us. We know that He has promised to bring good from challenging, difficult, bad things that happen as we seek Him and His purposes for our lives, as we, as we love Him and we give our lives to Him. We know that God has, has saved us in Jesus Christ. We know that He is taking us to heaven. And these are the things that give us hope when we face dark days, when we face difficult times. And this really, this hope, church, is the starting point for understanding how can I help my country? How, how can I be a light? How can I be a positive contributor to, to uh, this country that I love, this country that God has, has placed me in as a follower of Jesus? I've got three things I want to share with you this morning. Three ways that I believe we can be of great help to our country. And we're going to start with our attitude because I think this is, you know, this is really where it does begin. That my attitude needs to be one of love and humility. 
I want to share a scripture with you about this from Galatians 5, verses 13 through 15. says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We love that word as Americans, don't we? Called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So God gives us direction here in how we are to use our freedom. He's talking here about the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. We're to use our personal freedom to love and serve. If we use our freedom for selfish purposes, verse 15 will be the result. We'll devour each other. We'll be destroyed by each other. This is not God's plan. God's plan for me in Christ is to leverage my freedom to treat others the way that I would want to be treated. Can, can you imagine if every American lived this way? Just, just one single day, we all committed to living in this way, the healing that would begin to take place within our land. Verse 13 says we are to serve one another in love humbly. Humility is the way in which we're able to help our country as we enter in with this attitude. Humility really... It comes from this place of self-understanding which says, you know, I, I am loved by God, but I realize I have rebelled against Him. And if He was not a God of grace and forgiveness, I would be doomed. But in Christ, I'm able to receive the grace and mercy of God. And this, it is just so important that when we speak about politics, when we speak about race relations and these kinds of topics that we come, we, we come from a place of humility. Because otherwise, these very emotion-filled subjects can begin to be laced with a sense of self-righteousness, with a, a sense of judgmentalism and, and smugness that is really Phariseeism at its worst. I want to quote Philip Yancey here where he says, regardless of the merits of a given issue, whether a pro-life lobby on the right or a peace and justice lobby on the left, political movements risk pulling into themselves the mantle of power that smothers love. From Jesus I learned that whatever the activism I get involved in, it must not drive out love and humility. Here's another very important verse for us in seeking to be of help to our country right now. 1 Peter 2.17, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So we are to respect everyone. Everybody matters. Nobody gets left out in our country. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what they believe, no matter what their lifestyle is, because everybody is made in the image of God. And we understand that. And we are to love the family of believers. That's us, church. We, we, are to love, we need to love one another and come together as a church like never before. And we are to revere God. We are to, he is to be on the throne of our hearts. He is to be second to none, ruler over our lives every day. And then we are to honor the emperor. For us, that would be the, in context, would be to show honor to our president, our vice president, and those who are in authority over us in our government and country. Everybody matters, you see. No matter who they are or what they believe, everybody is worthy of our respect, of our, of our honor and dignity because of, again, being made in the image of God. We understand that about life and every human being. Now, my saying, you say, Dave, are, are you saying 
that we should just ignore all of our differences, that, that we should just sort of pretend that sin is not sin and, and uh, just try to kind of get along and not ever talk about truths that are uncomfortable to talk about? Well, no, of course not. We're not to pretend that we, we all believe the same things. We, we, we don't. We are to speak the truth, but we are to speak the truth with love and humility. The Bible says about Jesus, He came full of grace and truth. We need to be full of both as well if we're going to be of help to our country. Truth, yes, but not without grace. Grace, yes, but not without truth. They go together. And one of the things that's per been, been personally inspiring to me about the life of Dr. Martin Luther King is he was a pastor. He, was just, he pastored a local church before he became a civil rights leader. And what he did came out of his theology. It came out of his commitment and love for Jesus Christ. And in the midst, really the height of great uh, hostility and intimidation toward him, he wrote these words. I have decided to stick to love. I know that love is ultimately the answer to mankind's problems, so I'm going to talk about it wherever I go. I've seen too much hate. I say to myself that hate is too great of a burden to bear, so I've decided to love. If you are seeking the highest good, I think you'll find it through love. And I put this principle first because of Scriptures like 1 Corinthians 13 that tell us without love, I'm nothing. That without love, I cannot be of any help to my country or to my community or to my church or to my family. That it starts right here with a heart of love and humility. And so BSCC, I just I want all of us to commit to having this same attitude that we find in the one that we follow as described in Philippians chapter 2, who being found in appearance as a human being, chose to empty himself of his divine privileges and take on the nature of a servant. And he humbled himself to the point of being obedient to the Father and to death on the cross. Let us follow that example of our Lord if we want to be of help to our country. Second, then, my, my thought about helping our country as Christ followers would be, would be this. That my support is to be enthusiastic whenever possible. And that thought comes from the biblical teaching that we have in Titus 3.1 which says, remind the believers, that's us, remind us to submit to the government and its officers, that we should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. This is a challenging verse for us, isn't it? This word submit is something that challenges us. Challenges us as Americans. Challenges us, I think, just as human beings. The spirit of the word here, as you look at the original word in the, in the Greek, is not you know, submitting grudgingly or just out of obligation, but it's a, it's a positive willingness it's a choice, as the verse says here, to, to seek to do whatever would be of good, to, to be enthusiastic about how we can be of help. Let me just mention three ways that we can be. The first one's right here in the verse, just, just to be obedient, to obey the laws of our land. Unless those laws might violate then the higher law of the Word of God, that we are to be obedient. You say, why should I do that? Dave, I'm really frustrated about some things right now. Well, first and foremost, because of your understanding that God Himself ordained human government. And He says here that we are to be obedient. We, we need to vote. We've got some 
you know, highly important elections coming up. So we need to do our best to cast intelligent ballots that express first our faith and love for God and then our love for our country. I came across some words from Chuck Colson I want to share with you about this. He writes, I too get fed up with the vain posturing and the empty promises. But not voting is not an option. It's both our civic and sacred duty. Voting is required of us as good citizen, citizens and as God's agents for appointing leaders. Moses' father-in-law Jethro advised him to appoint as rulers able men who fear God, men who are trustworthy and who hate a bribe. So the standard is competence and integrity. This passage reminds us of Paul's teaching in Romans. The government's role is to wield the sword to preserve order and restrain evil. So we, so we should seek leaders best able to do that and to pursue justice. And then we need to pray. One of the most important ways that we can help our country right now is to pray. Because prayer can do anything that God can do. We read in 1 Timothy 2, I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God says, I want you to pray for your leaders. I want you to intercede and request help for them. And then he identifies three reasons why we should do this. Let me just cover those quickly. First of all, he says that when we pray fervently and faithfully for our leaders, God will bless them in a way that brings peace into our lives. So there's this trickle-down effect that as we pray for those in authority over us, it blesses us, it blesses our families. That's, that's some good motivation right there, isn't it? But the, the passage goes on. Second, it says, this is good and pleases God our Savior. Did you know that when you pray for the leaders of our country, that God is pleased, that it brings a smile to His face? And He says, yes, you're, you're doing what I've told you to do. And that pleases and honors me. But there's a third reason here, and this one I don't know if we think about as much. When we pray for our leaders, what happens is it makes it easier for the good news of Jesus to be shared. God wants everybody to be saved. He wants every person to come to know that He loves them, what His Son has done for them. When Paul wrote these words to Timothy, who was the king at that time? Nero. Nero was a ruthless persecutor of Christians. And yet Paul urges the church to pray for Nero. Why? Because, as I said, when we pray, we invite the presence and working and power of the Holy Spirit. And God gets involved. And that's what we need right now for our country, right? We need the power and working of God. And so let us pray as a church. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray together for our country. Father, Scripture says there is no government put in place without your permission and without your sovereignty. So as your children, we join our minds and hearts now in praying for our nation and its leaders. Lord, we pray for President Trump and Vice President Pence. We pray for the House and the Senate and the Supreme Court. And we pray for all of their families, for your watch care over them. 
We pray for our leaders for wisdom. We, we pray that their thinking would be enlightened by you as they that they would turn their hearts toward you, that they would be directed in a way that they would lead our country on a path where we live in increasing godliness and holiness. Father, we request your help in the results of these upcoming elections. May we be a nation that exemplifies the love and compassion of Christ so that others around the world will see you through our nation. God, we pray for change that is needed. We pray for comfort. We pray for healing. We pray for love and justice to prevail when it comes to racial reconciliation and equality in our country. Father, we pray for the safety and protection of doctors and nurses, first responders, and all those who are serving those who are sick and infected with the coronavirus. We pray for healing for those that have contracted this disease. We, we pray for comfort for those who've lost loved ones. We ask God for a vaccine. We ask for your mercy. We ask for good to come from this horrible pandemic. We seek you, God, and your help as our Father in heaven. We seek your grace, your power. We ask for your sovereignty to be expressed in your blessing upon our country and its leaders. In the name of our Savior Jesus, we pray this prayer. And all of God's people said, Amen. I have a third thought I want to share about how can we be of help to our country right now? What can we do? And that is this, that, that my influence, your influence is to be as Christ's representative. That's what we need to keep in mind. At BSCC, we believe in the good news, but we also believe in the common good. We believe in both, the good news and the common good. What is the good news? The good news is that you don't have to try to earn your salvation. The good news is the, that Jesus' death on the cross paid in full the price for your sins. The good news is that Jesus has already purchased your ticket to heaven. You just need to choose to receive that gift of God's grace into your life. Place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. The good news is that God wants all people to be saved. This, this is the message that we are to be proclaiming as Christ's representatives right now. We believe in this good news, but we also believe in the common good. In other words, we believe in what would be best for every person in this nation. We desire what would be good and best for every person. Everyone matters. And I want to share some very important words of Scripture for us today in Ephesians chapter 2 where Paul writes about this racial division, this hostility between the Jewish people and the Greeks. And he writes about how both groups were far from God in their sins. And then he writes about what Jesus did for them. Listen closely. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. His purpose was to create in Himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which He put to death 
their hostility. And so Paul had great concern for this barrier that existed between the Jewish people and the Gentiles, this, this wall of hostility that existed between them. These words are so very relevant to us as a country and people right now because we still have racial barriers. We have dividing walls that separate us and sadly there is still much hostility. Hear me, God was so concerned about this issue that it was, it's, it's part of why He sent His Son and was willing for His own Son to die on the cross. That we might, yes, be reconciled to God, but also then be able to be reconciled one to another. Jesus brings peace across racial lines. Dr. King said, the cross is the eternal expression of the length to which God will go in order to restore broken community. This is the message that we need to bring to our country as Christ's representatives, you see. If there was ever a time, BSCC, for us to be true to our mission, it's now. Those of us who are white, when we listen and we ask for perspective and understanding, and when people of color patiently drudge up hurt and drudge up incidents that help us to understand what they experience all too often, when we come together, not, not in guilt or not in anger, but in sorrow, and in our love for God and in our love for one another. That's when the kingdom of God marches forward, you see. We, we can't legislate our way out of this because laws don't change human hearts. Only the Spirit of Jesus Christ has the power to do that. The power to change from the inside the way that we think, the way that we relate, the way that we behave. We have an enemy in our country. And it's not each other. We read in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. When somebody is arrested and killed without due process or, or afforded human dignity. When protesters, shopkeepers, officers of the law are disrespected, are abused or killed, when people feel disregarded, feel unheard, feel passed over, when my skin color causes suspicion in you and your skin color causes suspicion in me, it just, it just feels like the enemy is winning. Racism has been a tool that our enemy has used throughout the, the history of our country to divide us, to drive us apart. Being the ambassadors of Jesus includes showing compassion and sympathy for those who've been mistreated, for those who are, are hurting and suffering. If it hurts you, that means it hurts me because God loves you and so do I. And so people of color need those of us who are white to love them, to listen to them, to come together and work in ways that help bring down these remaining barriers of hostility. And so the question I have for us, church, in this coming week that I would like for us to bring to God 
in prayer is just simply, Father, how can I show the love of Jesus to my country right now? Because I want to do that. Do you want to do that? That's, that's a part of our mission in being placed in this country at this time. Use me. Let's pray that together. Use me, Lord, to be a light, to be of help to this wonderful country at this most difficult and crucial time. Jesus said, a house divided against itself will not stand. We have got to come together as a country. And I believe that the answer to that happening rests with the church of Christ. And I say that because we're the only organization that exists that is responsible for stewarding the message that every human being is made in the image of God and therefore has inherent dignity and value and rights. I said this at the beginning of the message. I want to circle back to it at the end. I'm quite hopeful. I'm very hopeful for us as a country because of God, because of the character and nature of God, because He's a God who specializes in taking that which is bad and turning it around and bringing good from it, that He is a God who specializes in bringing about reconciliation, you see. It's His specialty. He is a God who loves every person. He is a God of miracles. Nothing is impossible for Him. Let our hope be in Him as we seek to be a light, as we seek to be of help to our country. And as we do so, let us rest fully assured in this truth. Romans 8.37, despite all of these things, I mean, whatever it is that we're dealing with right now in our country, despite all of these things, over